Hey guys, we're here with another episode of the Gorilla Podcast to wrap up the month of January. So with me today, we have Hate, Kage, and Ogre. Yo. What's up? Hello. <laughs> All right, so just to remind you guys once again, the podcast at the end of each month is a segment where we get to wrap up uh, the goings-on for all things DCL and even non-DCL-related things for that month. So let's just jump right into it. So the topics uh, for this month, we have a couple of them. Well, a few of them, actually. Uh, first off, we have thoughts on the new January characters and reworks being Arsenal, Wally West, Flash, and uh, our Assault War suit Lex Luthor and uh, Castaway Green Arrow. Then um, some thoughts on the Enchantress events and then we're going to go over some breaking news with uh, the contents for February. Um, and uh, then we'll talk about also some changes to Siege coming up also in February. Then we have a, another topic to discuss uh, from one of our patrons, uh, 2DTron. And then we'll have, if we have time at the end of the show, we'll have a toss-up question right at the end for everybody. So let's get right into the first topic. Um, thoughts on January characters. Uh, the new characters are the... Red Arrow, Arsenal, and Wally West, Flash. So I think Hate is probably the only person who has most of the testing with the, with both of these characters. So Hate, what do you think of these two new characters so far? Well, Arsenal is pretty good. I don't find him to be super exciting, but I'm actually liking him a lot in this uh, Batgirl Blitz that we're running right now. Or the physical character Blitz is character, but every character is Batgirl, so <laughs> it might as well be called the Batgirl Blitz. <laughs> but I'm running Batgirl. I, I've seen a lot of... I did at the beginning. Now that I've climbed to the top thirty-five, it's all Batgirl all the time. A couple, a little, a couple of Trasidus teams, but I'm using Batgirl, Harley Quinn, like everybody else, and then I'm using Assault World Suit Lex and um, Roy. And Roy is so good with it because every time somebody misses, he just does all, all that extra strength down, and then the uh, characters don't hit you for anything. So it's actually really good. All right, and uh, what do you think about the reworks? Uh, Assault War, Luce, oh, Assault War Suit, Lex Luthor. I know you're really high on him. And what do you think about Castaway Green Arrow? Castaway Green Arrow, um, I think it's extremely good character. He doesn't work against the evasion meta that is the most common team we face. So th for that part, he's not. I don't use him quite as often. But I feel like his rework was really well done, and he's an extremely powerful character. And I think with the, uh, I think a speed meta could definitely be revived once the evasion meta kind of dies off if it ever dies off and then assault with suit lex is just he's hands down one of the best characters in the game now all right so uh kage what are your thoughts on the new characters i will say that the castaway rework kind of put him from like good tier to better tier it didn't do much but the new passive is really annoying especially when teammates are uh, pounding you for 10 percent meter down and some buffs being purged uh, that's a really done, really well done rework. I like what they did with him, and I hope Katana gets a similar treatment, or any future characters like Wonder Woman, Coda, or maybe Flash. I, I don't really care. Assault War Suit. I know Hate is really high on him and says he's the best character, and I will agree to an extent. He's pretty good now. He's got an L five worthy kit, and I do plan on taking him L five, but. As far as being one of the best characters, I'm not too sure about that. He's really slow for my taste, and he's got a lot of utility, especially going against the evasion meta. But he still kind of lacks some oomph, I think. Are you kidding? He can one-shot any mystic character in the game, just about. Not Donna Troy. <laughs> not Wonder Woman, Pot. 
Donna Trump. Uh, those two, out. nobody can one shot them. They, they have. You're talking yeah. about literally the two tankiest mystics in the game. <laughs> also, also uh, Grundy's on that list too, but still, yeah. I mean, well, well, the three tankiest mystics in the game. <laughs> and then a uh, shielded Zatanna, he can't one shot either. So there's that. There's that. A shield. Okay, you're just literally going for as much negativity as possible here, aren't you? Let's just put this. <laughs> can he or can he not one shot Wonder Girl under most con- uh, situations? If he's above fifty percent life, yeah. the answer is always yes. It, well, so let, well, wait, wait, let, let's let's versus, <laughs> versus a level eighty Wonder Girl, a seven a level seventy one a level seventy Lex isn't one shotting her. Okay. There's okay, but we're not talking about a ten level difference. We're talking Caterus Paribus, all things equal. Right. All things equal, he's he's, he's a good character. He's gonna one shot ninety percent of blues. Yes. Here's okay. The only, here's the only thing: if he's better than Deadshot, higher gun against Wonder Girl in in the situation where uh, I've come up across, across this once, you have a Atrocitus lead with the shields, and you have uh, Clayface for some reason on the other team because I don't know why people play with Clayface at that during <laughs> this time. So you have Clayface with the agility ups, then you have the shield ups. So all that considered, uh, Deathshot or Deathshot Hirecon can't one-shot her in that situation. Has anyone come across that with arms or assault warsuit Lex Luthor? Uh, Hirecon Deathshot will do more damage overall, but you only have one turn to do it. Where assault warsuit Lex can do it numerous times in a match. I mean, most matches I don't use anything but his basic. Occasionally, I'll use his rocket to get rid of Harlequin Magister shields. But then in the rare occasions where the match lasts long enough that you can use his AOE, he can nuke an entire map of people. Okay, yeah, the AOE is pretty freaking cool. And unlike Hard Gun Deadshot, he's not going to die to Power Girl. Uh, you can take on Power Girl one on one with Assault War Suit Lex. Yeah, he is. I've had it numerous times in the match where it's been the two Lex of them. Lex tanky. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that with the new with the with the gem blitz currently going on, I I actually experimented more with him at my at gear at gear 10 and even at gear 10 he does a lot of job like a lot of jobs very well because he has a lot of utility in his kit so that's what i like him even though um he was going up against gear 11 characters he was still decently like able to hold his own uh getting rid of the evasions uh the evasion stacks on harley quinn as you as you were saying and so on and so forth he does a lot of good stuff so i like it ogre do you have any thoughts on the new characters for or the new and reworked characters for january uh well i didn't even unlock wally so I can't really talk on him other than he looks like Savitar more in his legendary, but that's aside the point, I suppose. Castaway Green Arrow, I think, looks looks better in a lot of ways. Uh, and aside from the Batgirl Harley meta, like if you're facing a Power Girl or something like that, he's still going to do his job really well. Uh, he still does a lot of meter control and a lot of debuff, a lot of uh, buff purging, I should say. Uh, so he does that really well. Uh, Lex, uh, his damage just got spiked and he lost a bit of speed, but who cares? He gained so much damage and tankiness by changing his gear set from mixed tank to physical tank. It was nutty how much he improved. I love the fact that they changed his leadership to a passive also for whenever that finally does, you know, get allowed to be used again effectively. Yeah, I was. I'm really happy with uh, Arsenal. He's been a lot of fun too. 
We didn't oh, yeah. mention Wally so much, but um, I'm I'm warming up to Wally more and more and more as I play him. You can do some unusual teams that you normally can't do. He's not a great character, but he's still, I would say, on the right team, he can be pretty darn effective. Doombox came up with some great team comps for him. So there was some chatter um, on Reddit for people saying that they wanted to at least lower the gate on his uh, his big nuke attack, or at least... Uh, change his basic up so it gains a little more speed up or has a higher chance of gaining more speed up would you if there was a ever a future rework for wally would that be what you would want for him i think that would be fair because i still think he's a little underwhelming um he would definitely be more usable on more teams but he i mean i don't feel like he desperately needs it but he would definitely be a higher tier character if you were to do that for him i don't understand it's kind of weird how some characters can come out and be so insanely more powerful than all the rest and then other characters come out and they're so below average i don't sometimes the the balance on some of these characters seem a little odd to me well we'll call that the uh the blue beetle crisis or the blue beetle situation but uh and- yeah, he's definitely not blue beetle he's he's better than blue beetle by a pretty wide margin in my mind all right, well, that's cool. For me personally, I haven't really played too much with Wally West Flash. I've just basically just been carrying him, carrying a dead man through PVE and PVP alliance missions. That's about it. Uh, otherwise, Arsenal's he's all right. He's fast character. He does some things well, but I, I I don't like him as much as the other two arrows personally. And Assault Wars like Luther, as I was saying, has been overperforming for me, and I think he's up there in terms of like the top uh, physical characters um but yeah still still really really good character even though he did lose some speed but yeah last ogre saying who cares he got so much out of it on to the next topic have you guys finished the enchantress event i went up to the second last node but i didn't actually do the last one because i got enough shards already so did anyone i didn't even start it did anyone finish it i'm actually working through it right now i'm just slowly doing it a couple nodes every day uh, I think it's a pretty good storyline so far, but that's me. I like to read these hero challenges for the story. Yeah, I like I like it too. That's why I'm asking. I, I want to know what the ending is, <laughs> but I don't actually want to play that. Play the last note. <laughs> play the last note, dude. <laughs> I don't when does that have been in? Because I haven't started it yet either, and I was going to do it just for the story. Uh, I think there's like four or five days left. It's always the the day before the uh, the next gem pack comes out, which is Friday, right? So. Or Thursday night, so my bad. So, it's the day, the legendary, um, what do you call it? The the legendary upgrade day, the day that you get legendary events, that's the last day. So, yeah. Oh, okay, so we got some time. Yeah. I mean, just a synopsis, a very brief synopsis for those who haven't played it yet or on or working through it, like Kage. Uh, it's basically some kids going through a costume party dressed as some of the Titans, and uh, they get caught in a thing with Enchantress, and they meet the real titans so it's pretty funny that sounds pretty funny i'm gonna have to do it <laughs> yeah that does sound entertaining uh and for ogre uh just so you know that you know chemo is an eligible character so you know what you have to do yeah i know i need to, to do the demo verses <laughs> all right. so all right so moving on from there uh we'll get to the juicy bits of the new information that we that uh, hate and kage covered in the recent uh podcast but the breaking news for february february content we have uh the announced black lightning batwoman and rework characters being uh live wire and katana 
And then we also have a announcement for a Wonder Girl adjustment. I guess we'll use the sort of PC term for it. Uh, where a minor, a minor, a minor change is what I would classify that. Uh, her buff gate uh, on her fifth, her fifth passive has now been increased to eight plus buffs rather than six, and the damage on her AOE, or sorry, uh, yeah, on her lasso has been reduced by fifteen percent, and I believe that in- includes the main and the passive lasso and um yeah so that those are the first uh important bits so let's get into i guess the new characters what do you guys think about uh black lightning and batwoman so far um for those who haven't listened to the last podcast they look really cool on paper yeah that's about it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah, I, won't, I won't go too much into them but the um the black lightning being a healer sounds awesome and batwoman I'm not really sure exactly how she's going to play out, but I like the characters thematically. They're pretty cool, interesting characters that they brought to the game. How do you guys feel about the character design? Because one of the issues that every time we get a new character, especially for this month, for example, people are like sort of harping on um, Iron Flash, right? What do you guys think of the costumes for Black Lightning and Batwoman? I think they look great. And honestly, it's not that I had a problem with Iron Flash. I actually like his look. It's just... I was confused why the color choice of silver over some of the other color choices that he had option for, but it's because we have already other versions of them. So I get that. So uh, I think both of them look great. All right. Yeah. I actually like the iron flash look. <laughs> it's like he, he, he crossed the multi-dimensional barrier and wins the Marvel universe, stole Tony Stark's suits, and then just came back to the DC universe and <laughs> decided just to troll DCL. When it, He's still Quicksilver, silver. When it, comes, <laughs> when it comes to Black Lightning and Batwoman, now these are the legendary costumes, right? So the Batwoman costume, it looks like she's armored up. So I'm guessing that the basic version of it, the non-legendary version of it, will be a regular like sort of Batman-ish costume, a Batwoman costume without the armor, right? And Black Lightning, I'm guessing, I'm hoping that his basic version sort of looks something more like uh, something from Young Justice or something from the original Justice League's uh, Infinite, or yeah, the Justice League Infinite um, series, or uh, Justice League Unlimited series. So that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, it looks all right so far. Um, what do you think about the ch- the rework characters, Livewire and Katana? Where is Kama? You know, Joker. I, I don't. I I want Joker too. I think he's listening live. So if you could chime in. Joker had put together realizing that the rework character was always the character they did for the cheap gems. I can't remember what timing that was, but I noticed Kemo was the 1.5 gem or 2.5 gem or whatever. So I wonder if he's in that, that realm right now, or if he's in that time frame. that there was some, there was some pattern Joker had discovered. I wish you, I, I hope so. I wish he shared that on Reddit so that I would actually have something to document, <laughs> but okay. That's interesting. I didn't actually know that. It could have just been a coincidence, but I don't know. It, it seemed like it was for a while. Right. I don't. I don't know exactly, but I don't. The only thing is, I don't. I want. I would like to see Kemo reworked, and I'd like to see him be a taunt, a new taunter, a bleeding taunter, other than uh, Lobo. I would. That would be awesome, especially yeah, his energy. Especially his energy. Have a taunt. I mean, we have Bizarro as a bleeding taunter. I want to turn one taunt. Is what I mean. Yeah. Turn zero. Well, that's turn fair. Zero. But my only problem with that is he's one of my few characters that need gear so that's 
could be a major problem for me. Alrighty. I mean, it's okay. Let's, let's address the elephant in the room then, I guess. So as you guys were talking about on the last podcast, uh, you announced the, um, well, what Standard announced at that, that very day, at the same time, about the Wonder Girl nerf uh, being changed to 8 plus buffs and 50% damage reduction on the lasso. I mean, just sort of in a nutshell, let's wrap that last episode up. What do you guys think of that change? What do you think it's going to do to the meta? Not think, a lot. I don't think it'll nudge the meta. It'll tickle the meta, but it won't move it. If that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I think it's going to be remain pretty much the same. The only thing I think might be a little different is that there's going to be a couple of teams or a couple of characters come in that might be more viable that run for a few buffs. The only thing that a few people have pointed out that might change a little bit is the Batgirl meta may run a little less Wonder Girl, which would be a great thing because then you can use Steppenwolf. Yeah, you can run um, certain green characters now that uh, can tank damage a little bit more because the uh, the damage reduction being reduced might actually help them survive more, right? So characters... I don't think that's going to matter. I think just the buff gate's the only thing that we're going to see a difference for. Well, either way, we'll see. Uh, time will tell. So basically, it'll go from her being on 90% of teams to her being on 80% of teams, maybe. <laughs> Probably 85 yeah. <laughs> All right. It's amazing to me how many people, especially on the CC, are losing their minds over this supposed Yeah, everyone, everyone's like, oh, no, I wasted my money. Oh, no, I have another death stroke. Oh, no, no, no. And I'm like, it's 15%. <laughs> Chill. Yeah, this is not a death stroke level nerf. So you're, you're, and they didn't stuff. even touch her basic. Like, this is, again, this is just the whip. This is, again, more of that same situation where it's like, I feel like she never should have had the damage that high to begin with, and we're sort of bringing her back down to reality, where characters who have similar abilities have nowhere close to this damage level, right? They're all, like, somewhere around 50% damage or less, even, right? So, anyways, uh, we, we've uh, beaten that dead horse way too much, so. Um, but... Let's go to more of the positive. It's clearly not dead yet. <laughs> well, I think the, the free-to-play players that rely on her to beat teams that are a little above their weight, they usually run her with Atrocitus. I don't think you're going to know. You're not going to notice a difference at all. She's just going to punch the crap out of everything. Okay. In fact, the day after her nerf, I'm going to do a new two-man board clear. <laughs> and I doubt, I'll, I doubt I'll have any more extra challenges. So for the- like I said, they didn't change her basic at all, so... She's still going to be doing 100,000 damage on her base. Yeah, for those of you guys watching yeah. on YouTube, then stay tuned for Hate's uh, Feats of Wonders. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to do any more, but with the nerf, I have to, just to show people that it was not a Deathstroke level nerf. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. People are like, she was made to counter the buff meta, and I'm like, yeah, you can counter the buff meta without destroying teams. You don't need to do 100,000 damage on a passive. What do you need to do that for? Well, I think, um, <laughs> and then the other thing is, is everybody's saying they're demanding a full refund. I mean, if it was a Deathstroke level nerf, I do think there should be some competition. She was a free character and yeah. no refunds. Well, I want a refund on Clayface and all the other buffing tunes when she was released, if that's going to be the Clayface was free too, to be fair. I mean, Steppenwolf, I want a refund on Steppenwolf. Like basically, what they're asking is to reset the the gears and reset the gems. Basically, like give us back our um, materials so that we can work on an stick. Basically, is what they're saying. So, like I could, you know, I almost think that wouldn't be the worst thing if they're going to change a character. Like, like for example, when they did the Joker rework, if they want, you have the option. You can 
pull out the gears, but you're going to lose it on that character. So if you don't want that character anymore, I'd actually be okay with it because then we'd see less Wonder Girl. So, I mean, the other thing is like, um, this is well, that, that was one thing I was thinking about in terms of certain characters when they rework characters. <laughs> Would they reset like legendaries, for example? Why not just reset everything, put all the gears back, and then you can choose if you want to work on the character or not? Right. I would love that because then I could, that, you know, roll back characters. That would have helped people with sort of like that whole Dr. Fate and Joker's CPOC problem way back when, right? So when people were flipping out back, there, it's like, okay, well, here's all your stuff back and you can choose to play with him or not, you know? Well, they could even do it as a slightly reduced. So like, say, say you, um, you know, it costs you 4,000 gems to go from gear one to gear 11 or whatever it costs. Then you get a slightly less return on your investment if you decide to pull them all out and you get some gems back. Right. I mean, well, that'd be all right. So there's a cost to doing it, but if you decide, yeah, I just don't really like that character, I want to reboot them. Anyways, I mean, we're getting a bit off topic here. Let's let's move on to something more positive. So uh, from the breaking news that we had uh, last episode, um, one great thing that came out of it was the changes to Siege. So just to go over it real quickly, um, for those who haven't listened to the last episode, the board clear for the Siege events uh, coming in February for Batwoman uh, will be increased by uh, 20 trophies to a total of 25 from the previous five. And the revenge cost has been increased to three energy. Um, and uh, what this means is that uh, um, if you were to go uh, do a battle, uh, you would need to have at least three or more bonus characters, meaning you need to have at least plus six to the additional three that you're getting back from the revenge cost for it to be worth anything close to a regular battle uh, being uh, a riddle, a regular battle at three stars with no bonus characters, meaning getting 12 points for five energy, for example, right? So this being that being said, they made it less attractive to revenge. Well, you could still revenge and still make it profitable, but it requires a lot more work than you did before. And um, I, I'm all for that. What do you guys think? I absolutely love these changes because it's less about fielding a crap team to be able to revenge a whole bunch of times. It just seemed like a very gimmicky play style. I mean, I still enjoyed Siege, but I like this more. It's more about, I want to clear my board. I want to win as many matches without losing a character. And that's what Siege should be about. It shouldn't be about debating whether you wanted to field a, a crappier team so you can get more revenges uh, that just that all seemed very counterintuitive so now now i'm going to field the best team i can field that's going to get me the most bonus points that i can clear my board with and that's the way i feel like the spirit of siege should have always been kage what do you think i like the changes uh, I, I i somewhat agree with hate the the revenge i think was a creative way to uh earn points if you couldn't clear your board properly i but with the bonus trophies being 25 i think that's not really going to matter anymore so there's an incentive now to clear your board uh there's an incentive now to uh, field the best teams you can there's an incentive now to actually to go level 80 even though it, it creams you in wraith and well that's pretty much all i got that's my only beef with it is that if Siege doesn't become a monthly thing for the paywall character and we go every well actually this is every other month for this one. So I don't I don't know what the pattern is gonna be. If it's gonna be every other month, every three months, or whatever it is. When you wanna go eighty now, you actually wanna gear your characters for Siege, which is fantastic. But you're not going to you're gonna get destroyed in Wraith because of it. So you're gonna you're gonna be penalized. 
I just wish they'd adjust Wraith a little bit so it's not so well, let's hope that's, that's my only major complaint in the game now. Let's ha- let's hope that's on their uh, on their list of coming soon. So new content first. I'll take new content. Over. I'll, I'll I'll deal with Wraith to get new content. But Wraith, you would think, would be a super easy fix if they just you know just adjust a point spread, make it not so horrible for gearing your characters. Hey Ogre, what do you think about uh, siege changes? Does it sound fine? And I have to say, Kage, that it's not really a a creative way to go. It's skirting the system is what they're doing. Sorry. <laughs> right. Well, the, the first, the first, He's trying the to first siege was morning. kind of like, well, no, no, no. The, don't get me wrong. The first siege where you could like field a crap team for one energy or whatever and get the max return, that was kind of bad. The second siege where, with the revenge, I think was a lot more balanced and I liked that system more. And so... That, that I mean, it was more balanced. That's that's what that's the thing was. Well, here's a, here's how I saw the revenge. Like it started off at three energy right at the in the very first siege, and then they're like, all right, let's take it back down. Let's put it down to one, and then they left it at one. And it's like, let's try out one. Okay, that didn't work very well. Okay, the next one, let's put it at two. All right, it's getting better. You know what? Let's put it back at three. Oh, look, three is a sweet spot. So. Yeah. Uh, I think they wanted to make revenge something that people wanted to do, but there was no really good way to make revenge meaningful without having unintended consequences. I think the, the thing about revenge that is good though, it gives you sort of like a rivalry, like it gives you sort of this uh, dialogue that you can have with someone else and it can be useful for whatever purpose you want it for, like for, you know, Alliance versus Alliance wars or little things that you want to put in terms of content creation. So, is well, I think if you can use all four bonus tunes, revenge might still be worth doing. Yeah, but it's oh, gonna be hard to what? say. Yeah, you know what? I just realized something with uh, with the twenty five trophy reward. I think the cutoff to the uh, top rewards is gonna be back at a thousand points. Well, so in the last siege, a lot of the sub gear ten players weren't able to climb their boards fast enough to get the hundred. Or a thousand trophy gate, thousand trophy gate, and then dude, uh, I'm gear eleven, and I wasn't gonna hit it. All right, well, a lot of players. So now the twenty five trophy bonus points are gonna be there. Everyone should be able to climb to a thousand at a reason. You're pace. still not gonna hit a thousand, dude. That's ridiculous. Uh, I don't think that's gonna make that change, especially because a lot of people aren't gonna be able to clear their board either. Yeah, and here, here's yeah, uh, a thousand is just astronomical in a siege for people that just don't focus on it like that. Okay. Like when you're doing a the side events, the gem blitzes and the showdowns, you have to get to a hundred trophies. You can literally do that in one board because you have 10 energy to start with when you have a siege and you only get three attacks a day there's a bit of a difference okay but here now here's the counter here's the counter argument uh well let, let's like sort of not the counter argument let's like, add on to that point the the fact of the matter is even though that they removed the um the cutoff at b at 1000 they lowered it to what like 250 or something like that for the last siege right now Let's assume they keep it that way because I don't think that they'd raise it back up after the backlash and the reason why they brought it down the first time. Let's just, in terms of PR, that's just a nightmare to deal with bringing it back up. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter what you say in terms of adding the, the board clear. That's just a that's just a dumb move. So I'm going to give the marketing team a little bit more credit than that. So um, even though I give them a lot of crap. Even though I give them a lot of crap. <laughs> they went back to marketing school? 
Yeah. I could see them raising it. Maybe not to a thousand, but some other arbitrary number. Because like if you, if you want to put it at five hundred or something, that's like so much better than the thousand mark. Well, the it's thing just, with the, the problem they was give, the thing with the, they give such big rewards is that they're going to want to force you or encourage you to spend or lose somewhere else. And I think they still are searching for that balance that is acceptable to the community, but also going to incur- force you or encourage you strongly to break out your wallet. Here's the, here's the other point to sort of focus on the the board clear aspect of it, right? Everyone's saying the, board's cl- the board clear being increased to 25 is awesome, uh, except for the people who are complaining about the fact that because they changed the way the cutoff was from 1,000 to 250, their boards got a lot more difficult in terms of power rating, and a lot of lower level, lower geared ca- uh, players couldn't clear their boards so the fact that they increased they could have increased it arbitrarily to like a hundred trophies that doesn't mean that they'll be able to clear their um their, their boards as effectively based on their power the way the power rating system works now whether or not they're going to change the power system rating you know that's something else to consider but it is sort of like a give and take right so that's sort of where we're sitting at uh, but i don't think they're going to have that problem if they do that from the start because last time it was a problem because it happened in between. We literally opened floodgates. It might be. I could be wrong, but <laughs> I mean, anyways. So let's put it this way. Um, I think the short, the short and sweet of it is that um, the power rating system isn't perfect, and as soon as you get to a certain uh, what do they call it bracket or uh, uh, league, I think is what they call it. Um, the sort of positioning on the on the on the rank on the ranking system on the ladder. Um, as soon as you get to a certain point, you're going to face a lot more difficult opponents than your gear level is, you know, equipped for. So this encourages people to gear out their characters. And I do know a lot of character, a lot of players, even you know, a lot of members of my alliance, um, you know, refuse to go above, for example, gear nine, gear ten, right? For example, and that's fine. That's fine for them. They're happy at you know a certain level and they want to take things slow. But you have to sort of take it. Uh, consider the fact that siege is going to be harder for you if you want to get it to the higher levels, right? You're not. A neutron star is saying that it wasn't the board clears. He said they probably could have never cleared the boards. He said, but after the cutoff was changed, no, they didn't even have one opponent they could fight on their board. I mean, basically, they were put into a league that was way above their belts, like sort of they were punching. Well, it's weight class, right? It was the floodgate problem. Like I was saying, if if they're gear nine, gear ten. And all of a sudden, their entire board is gear 11s because all the gear 11 players were stuck in there too. Then, yes, that is going to happen because now all of a sudden, everybody's scrambling trying to, you know, climb, not, tr- not necessarily scrambling trying to climb anymore. So everybody just kind of flooded out together. And unfortunately, if you were that lower player, you did kind of get screwed in, a, in that part of the aspect. I get that. But at the same time, like that's how the system is supposed to shake out. And I don't. I don't. I think if you start from the beginning, without changing it midstream, I think it probably because the first siege we didn't run into, we didn't see this problem. So as long Not as really, it, it was when you started getting really high, you'd start seeing a trickle in, and then as you got higher, it got even harder. It's sort of the same problem you face in the Wraith Arena. Like if someone who's sort of like a not a typical Gear Eleven high, like high ranking top one hundred or top fifteen hundred player. And then, you know, at the beginning of the week, they, they do really well. They clear one or two boards, and suddenly they're in top 1,500 or top 100. They didn't expect to be. 
and you know they find themselves having to reset their boards uh, several times till they can find people they can beat right so it's a slightly more exaggerated version of that but i mean i sort of it is what it is i think right short answer gear it out yeah a, a lot of Long answer, don't non-gear gear. 11 players a lot of non-gear 11 <laughs> players are complaining about matchmaking I, I i don't think there's ever going to be a fix for that all right okay well a lot of people say leagues gear 10 league gear 11 league you know that kind of thing was always some people didn't like that some but a lot i think that would fix a lot of problems we don't know what it's going to be like until february so let's wait until siege comes till we sort of like criticize it more maybe they have figured out a way to fix that so who knows all right, so moving on, uh, we got a new topic for to address here. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the beginning of the show, um, we had a topic given to us by our patron, 2DTron. Uh, reason being is because he is our first patron at the $10 Zatanna level, which gives him the right to propose a topic uh, for the Gorilla Podcast at the end of each month. So... His topic for this month, uh, I'll read it out. He says, my goal is to encourage a return to a variety in the PvP arena. So I think I will just ask you to showcase a specific non-meta champ, meaning a character, uh, and give uh, legendary orders again, say how they could fit in the meta, uh, put them in a meta or non-meta PvP team. Uh, And his example was Gorilla Grodd because he was the board clear for the Mirror Master um, event that was recently up. So, um, I think uh, Hate Mail is playing around a little bit with Grodd. Uh, Ogre has some experience with Grodd as well. So, I guess we'll give it over to Hate first and then o- over to Ogre after. Actually, let Ogre go first because I got a few things I wanted to sure. look up real fast while I'm. Okay. Before I answer. Okay. Before okay. I answer. What are your thoughts on Grodd? Okay. Well, before we do that, I have to do this out of nostalgia. Crazy team car. <laughs> All right. So, uh,. Grodd to me is a lot of fun. He's he's an absolute blast to play with. Uh, not necessarily in PvP all the time. In PvE, he is an absolute monster just because you have the waves to kind of boost his passive up for you to grant your speed ups and your intelligence ups. Uh, but if you want to use him in PvP, he absolutely can work. It's you when you look at Grodd. A lot of people only see him as enabling a stun comp. You know, as a leader, which that is obviously the obvious one that kind of you can get drawn to. Uh, alternatively, there's two other ways that you could potentially play him. Uh, you have caring about killing your opponent uh, or enemy death, as I like to call it. And then you also have on ally death triggers. Uh, so on enemy death, you're looking at characters like Red Hood, Larflees, uh, you know, stuff like that on ally death. You're looking at characters like silver Banshee, uh, Jessica Cruz, Constantine. Uh, so he can play into both of those team styles as well. So, uh, because of his passive, it cares just about somebody dying and then it grants speed ups and intelligence. Ups. Uh, so he definitely, I think fits in well with those just as a, you know, big meaty tanky, hard to take down character that potentially has stuns that can also speed up the rest of the team. So, cause those teams tend to be a little bit slower sometimes, uh, but you can make use of Grodd that way, I think. And it would be effective. 
Well, I know this isn't what you're going to want to hear, but Grodd is one of my least favorite characters in the game. I think he's down there in the Blue Beetle level. The main use I find for him, and I have been messing with him a little bit with um, Iron Flash, and because he can provide so many speed ups to the team. So, and there'll be a bunch of videos. Ogre gave me a bunch of teams. I didn't get to play them all because it was kind of short, uh, short notice when we were coming up with the comps for that. But I was playing a lot with him, running him as leader with Ocean Master, Iron Flash, and Donna Troy. And the team works pretty well. You can just stack the speed ups heavily. And then you could also run him with some stun characters to get some additional speed ups. The main use I find where he's the most effective is to run him as an intelligence boosting character. So running with Etrigan and Starfire to boost the intellect up. And then you can run a stunner in there. Tends to work pretty well. Ogre, what were some of the teams that you had that you really liked for him? I think my favorite one uh, was... You know, the Allied Death Matters where you use like Constantine and Silver Banshee, Grodd, and like Lobo. You know, something like that. I think is a lot of fun. Because he doesn't again, he doesn't care who dies, he just cares that somebody's dying. Uh so as you, you know, Lobo dies or Silver Banshee dies, uh, you do a whole bunch of debuffs on your opponent, your Grodd passes out buffs on your team. Um you know, and then you start killing them, he'll pass out some more buffs on your team. So like, it's a great way to kind of turn around a bad situation into a good situation. I think that's my personal favorite way to play it. Okay, do you have any uh, thoughts on Rod and how he would fit Are you looking for the exact team comps, though? No, it's okay. We'll, we'll go over that in a bit. I've never touched Grodd. I've never really played with him, so I don't really have thoughts. But... I do know from playing with the, him in PVE Alliance days that Ogre's right. Uh, the stacking of buffs as pe- as you're mowing down waves is actually kind of cool. I just wish it transferred the same way in PvP. Kind of does if you have revivers, but otherwise not as much. But um, as Hate was saying and Ogre was saying, um, the fact that he cares about any death is really important, and the reason why I like him so much is what Hate was saying, is that um, him granting intelligence ups not only to himself, but his whole team uh, is really, really important for an intelligence-based special damage team, which is why I like him. I was just kind of upset that he was a mixed damage character, not just full special damage, because he's like all his attacks should basically just be psychic abilities, I think. But then, you know, if you're going to punch someone in the face, it's not going to be psychic. But he's an 800-pound gorilla. Yeah, so they have to give him that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I get that. Okay. So, um, basically, the, the the one part of his kit that I really like is he has a move that only, the only other character that has a move like that is Dr. Fate, which is giving uh, intelligent um, intelligence ups buffs to the entire team, right? And it's basically... And, and speed ups. Right. But it's basically the equivalent of giving strength ups to your entire team and agility ups to your entire team if you're going up against special damage characters, right? So, which is really important to note. And um, him, Etrigan, and Larflees are my favorite uh, intelligence ramping characters. Well, the only the only three <laughs> intelligence ramping characters in the game um, that ramp when uh, an enemy uh, dies. Right. So you on a death. Right. So if you have them on your roster, geared out, it well, makes content really easy, really really easy. Starfire ramps on a ally death just to be fair well i like that team that i actually used to run that when i was messing with grod i'll put some video of that team in here i run that same team with harlequin Majester as the taunter for my physical 
because she'll put the intelligence downs on her first attack. And also just because I don't want to use it on a Troy because I don't want to get rid of all of the uh, intelligence ups. And that was um, that was one of the teams I used to run back in the day before, you know, Wonder Girl existed. So, <laughs> but I liked um, I liked the fact that um, Grodd, he slots in well into a lot of different teams. But I agree with Hate that I think the best place for him right now is on an intelligence-based team. I do know that I think Duloth, uh, he really loves him for stun teams and he runs him with stun teams. And he was, people were making the argument of, uh, would you rather run like a Brainiac or a Grodd lead, for example, for a stun team? And I think in Duloth's case, when he was talking about stun teams, he advocated for Grodd over Brainiac. Brainiac does a lot, but he doesn't do enough for the stun part of the team composition. Grodd brings a lot more for the stun team. So, I think that was the argument. Well, it's, you know, you're bringing in for their leadership. If you're literally supporting a stun comp, Grodd supports that. Brainiac does not. Fair enough. However, Brainiac will protect you against the person that will annihilate <laughs> the he- buff heavy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not arguing that. I'm just pointing out that if you're bringing them to support a stun comp, Grodd actually does that. Brainiac doesn't. That's all I was pointing. Yeah, and that's, that's the same point that Duloth was saying too. So I was reiterating. So anyways, um, if we talk about the current meta, and if we were to play him in the current meta, is there a team, for example, you could use him on against, let's say, Batgirl, Harley Quinn, Wonder Woman, Donna Troy team? Any ideas, guys? Constantine, ideas? Lobo, Swamp Thing, Grodd. All right. And basically, Grodd's going to die pretty quickly, most likely, to feed Constantine. Yeah, I could see that happening, too. So, all right. Is there nothing that allows Grodd to actually get turns in? Uh... If you can, if you can get like other stunners like Aquaman, or maybe Bane or Killer Frost, if you can get their first stun off, you know, if you can like, or maybe even, um, why do I always forget? Batman, Dark Knight, he'll stun if the taunt, uh, if he removes a taunt or something like that, right? We're we talking about wait, what's that? Oh, wait, right, the the, the, the energy, Tank Man, the energy one, yeah. <laughs> The problem is, is that he's going to miss. Yeah. He'll stun Harley Quinn, but he'll still miss, and then they'll all get um, crit immunity and heal. Okay, let's go for a different team then. Let's say let's go for something a little bit easier. Yeah, that, that, team's, a, <laughs> that team's difficult against most. Right. Like, yeah, there's very few teams that work how against about, that. How about so. against uh, Atrocitus, Power Girl, Wonder Girl, and, I don't know, Etrigate? Would you use for with a Grod team there? I mean, I've made, I've I mean, fought that team with the my Gorilla Grodd, World's Greatest Detective, Donna Troy, Iron Flash team with success because you can get you can use World's Greatest Detective to remove the taunt off Power Girl, and then you can you you have to deal with MJ, so you have to really hope for the or not MJ, you have to deal with Wonder Girl, so you have to hope for the stun on Donna Troy when you attack, but it it can survive. You just can't. You don't want to use Grodd's buff early, you and you have to get rid of Wonder Girl first, but it's definitely usable. Well, that team sounds really interesting. I'm going to say, I'm going to point out one thing. The the world's greatest detective and the Donna Troy engine, it's been talked about before. And that engine is absurd for, you know, reducing cooldowns and stuff like that. So that engine is actually just ridiculous by itself. But yeah, adding Grodd to the mix, I can see that being really interesting with them getting a lot faster too. So 
That, that sounds fun. That's why I like it with Iron Flash, because Iron Flash really kickstarts that engine. Um, Ogre, do you have any other like ideas for against that uh, that team comp that I was saying? The Atrocitus power Against like an Atrocitus lead yeah. with Atrocitus Power Girl? With no Harley Quinn. So... Okay, without Harley Quinn, I I still would turn to, like, maybe a Jessica Cruz or a Constantine, uh, you know, as the leader, and then I would still I would use somebody like Silver Banshee to remove the, uh, or Killer Croc to remove the taunt off Power Girl, you know, and then focus down on maybe getting a stun down on Wonder Girl, and then just beat her up that way with Garot in the team. If you want to use him as a leader, that's a different story. Uh, if you use them as a leader, you're going to want to use somebody like Aquaman to speed up your team, give them crit immunity, uh, use Killer Frost to stun Power Girl, which will boost her turn meter enough to where hopefully she goes, drops off the taunt, and then you can focus on Wonder Girl that way. Like One of the teams that I've been running up against teams, like basically the meta teams where I just don't really want to think anymore and I just want to cheese them out and get it done with, is I've been running a lot of Constantine Baby Lobo teams so <laughs> i've been cheesing out a lot of players and i have it all documented on the uh celebrity encounters so you know people can call me out if they want to <laughs> on being a cheeser but you know i'll, I'll own up to that but if you put in Zo- uh, grot in the mix so if you run the constantine either baby or daddy lobo uh grod and then you know another special damage dealer i could see that team doing very well the main thing is you need to sort of make sure that lobo is the one dying and not the <laughs> not the other characters uh on your team so yeah now let's talk legendary order and then move on from grad because i'm sure most people are probably not too excited about grad so <laughs> but right. he's one of those characters for legendary order i have three on my sheet because it depends on how you want to use him. he's very i don't think there's any one particular legendary upgrade that matter more than others like i have a leader build for five four two one three then i have a non-leader one two four three five and then it's just a standard non-leader build four two one three five. So, so I think the three is the only one I would push towards. Four is the probably the most powerful. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Now, as I was saying, and Ogre was talking about this before, in terms of um, having him being really useful in PVE. If you were to use him, let's say for whenever he's available for um, heroic, uh, well, not heroic. What's the word? Yeah, yeah, the hero challenges. For example, what legendary order would you do for like a PVE based? composition that's where four comes yeah, i would say four, you want two, four. say four and then probably you're probably trying to abuse his leadership in that case yeah maybe so. maybe five four two all righty so i guess we'll leave it at that and then hopefully uh that, that gives you guys some ideas if you want to play around with grud um and hopefully you guys picked up enough fish shards in, during the uh, mirror master event and to go back to the the more diverse comps, I definitely agree with that. That's something that we've kind of gotten away from a little bit is coming up with more unique teams and something that I used to have more fun doing, which I started messing around with more with Iron Flash. But I'd like to, I don't know if I'll be able to, but I'd like to try to get something with Enchantress out with some interesting teams. And um, I don't know if that's going to happen today or the next couple of days, but hopefully we'll be able to do that with the events coming out. We'd like to do that. Yeah, and I'll try to get something out too. On Enchantress specifically, since she's got her. Over. All right. Well, I guess we'll we'll wrap up the the topics with one last question. So, um, because I forgot to put this on the uh, the the Reddit and on the, our Patreon page, I forgot to ask for questions for this episode. So I'll 
I put up a question myself and basically to ask all you guys, how was January and the beginning of 2019 for you guys in terms of DCL and non-DCL related stuff? And how do you guys feel uh, about it going forward in terms of how it compares to 2018 and what are you hoping for? So uh, I'll give an example, I'll start with myself. Um, so far, 2019 in terms of DCL, I wasn't really impressed with um, Arsenal and with uh, Wally West's Flash. I was sort of like just coasting through it um, and sort of just sort of going through the motions. I didn't really feel excited for it. However, uh, February looks exciting with uh, Black Lightning. I'm actually really excited for him as a character. And Batwoman looks really cool too. Um, but how it compares to 2018... 2018 had a lot of highs and lows, and the biggest lows came from the summer when we got Wonder Girl. So hopefully that's rectified soon. But before that low, I think DCL was in a very, very good place up until that point. Like, we had the most diversity in PvE we've ever had. It was really fun. And then all of a sudden it just sank. So I'm hoping for the changes to the PvE... Hopefully, like I'm trying to try and be optimistic here, but maybe, uh, you know, it's it's foolish to think that the changes to Wonder Girl will actually bring about enough change. But I'm hoping huh. that we'll you mean return to PvP, right? Yeah, and PvP. But I'm, I'm talking... You keep yeah. saying PvE. Do I keep saying PvE? Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm hoping that the changes to Wonder Girl will actually bring about some sort of positive change to get us back onto that, where, you know, the beginning of 2018. Um but, you know, that's me being optimistic. So, uh, what do you guys think? Um, I would say the beginning of last year was, we were, I, I want to say that was like the height of the Deathstroke era. So, that was probably, yeah, a, bad, it was, probably a bad It was right as he fell because they did the rework in like January, February. Did Gear, when did Gear 11 the, come out? When did Gear 11 come out? Sorry. That was 2017. Gear 11? That came out 17. Oh, I got my years mixed up then. Because <laughs> Red Hood came out December of 17. Okay. So who was the January yeah, character? I think 2018. 18, or August of 17. January was... Last January, January was... Was it Clayface? And Superboy. We still had a Deathstroke at the height. And then February came with Clayface and Red Robin. Red Robin was a good counter to Deathstroke for a while, and then they nerfed him toward the end of February. Okay. And then so that's what I thought. I thought it was Constantine. I thought it was the height of the Deathstroke era. So I remember it not being in a great place around that time. Oh, I forgot completely about the Martian Manhunter debacle. Yeah, that was. Oh, yeah. So then we had that. So there were, there were. We don't talk about Martian Manhunter event. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would say it's a little more optimistic this year. I mean, the Wonder Girl era has been annoying, but I didn't find it to be as bad as the Deathstroke, endless Deathstroke. Um, though I will say I'm a little more bored this time around just because there hasn't really been anything major difference. The only, the only thing that given me a lot of optimism for the for next month at least is I love Siege. It's my favorite thing they've ever done in this game. So that I'm really excited for, but I'm really hoping we see something else new in the relative near future. I, I was hoping not to spend in January. But I really needed gems, so I ended up buying uh, the Iron Flash Pack. You know, crucify me, I'm a whale now. <laughs> but I think going forward to trying to save on cash is I'm just going to be slow gearing the whole roster, and then I'll be focusing on Siege characters only just because I'm at a point in my roster now that I can beat any team in Wraith. Not to sound like a, you know, I'm all high 
I'm all hot and stuff, but there's only so many characters you can use. And Wonder Girl being out there kind of limits me. I really want to run like a bunch of Doomsday comps, but obviously I can't. I am really excited for next month, and I hope Siege becomes like a bi-monthly thing. The, I think the running 30 missions a day or whatever, that that's kind of exhausting. So that's my take on it. Honestly, I'm excited again for first time in a while now because I've I've kind of dropped myself in Wraith Arena. I don't care to play it anymore. Uh, have been for a while. It's, I mean, especially with my work schedule the way it has been. I know you guys have felt it, you know, the residual of me working so much. I'm looking to get back to at least semi-normal at this point finally. So hopefully we can get I can get some content out here in the future. That's something that I'm excited for. I was in a bad place uh, while I was working so much as far as, you know, finding enthusiasm to play the game. And it's starting to come back a little bit. So I'm hopeful that we can continue to, you know, bring you guys some good stuff. Yeah, the one positive side about you being so low on PvP is that when you bring us new content with, you know, whatever characters you want to feature, you can do so on, against non-cancerous teams. <laughs> yes. So that's good. Alrighty. So we'll wrap things up there for the show. Um, and at the end of this show, I'd like to give a shout out again to 2DTron for being our first uh, $10 a ton of level patron at that tier. And uh, just a reminder for you guys who, if you haven't already checked out our Patreon page, that tier uh, earns him the legend role on the Reddit vs. Discord server. And also if you're at the $5 tier, you can get the hero role uh, on the Discord server. So also... The WRL Broadcast's YouTube channel has passed 1,000 subscribers this month, finally, giving us partner status. Woohoo! We made 30 cents last month. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Woo! So, this means that, uh, you know, there, there will be some ads on our videos from time to time, so if you don't mind turning off your ad blocks to help us earn a few cents to keep the show afloat, that'd be awesome. Um, so... But then again, some of you guys have already noticed that uh, we've been slowly transitioning some of the video series from the, uh, the Oddsman channel, that w- the previous Oddsman channel, to the WRL broadcast channel. And uh, we'll be considering removing the channel, the, pre- the old channel, altogether in the very near future uh, for basically some sort of channel URL issues that I, I'm trying to deal with for the last month or so. But anyways... Uh, and again, if you want to help support the show um, even more and aren't already a patron, uh, you can become one by pledging a dollar or more at patreon.com slash WROL broadcasts. And with that, have a good night, guys. Thanks so. See ya. Good day. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of WROL broadcasts, a subsidiary of the Oddsman and We Are Legends. To view additional content and support the show, please go to patreon.com slash broadcasts.